The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So I think often we take our knowing for granted. Throughout the day, we're constantly recognizing things, but we're doing it at a kind of subconscious level. And that's kind of needs to be that way if we were going to take the time to recognize each thing that we come across. Uh, we would never get anywhere. There's so much to recognize, but our brain can process things subconsciously and, and so that we take in a lot and know how to find the way to the door and through the door and without having to think about it. Or, But uh, it's still kind of, even though it's done so an automatic pilot sometimes, so much of it, it's still an essential quality of being a human being. And uh, without it, our human life would not be possible. And But because we're so interested in, we have desires to do something and want something and think something, um, we seldom take the time to recognize how special it is to recognize, to know. For deep mindfulness practice, the knowing faculty of the mind becomes increasingly important. And uh, it does so in a natural way. So it's not like you have to work at knowing. But uh, uh, the deeper the practice goes, the more acute, the more clarity there is in the knowing. In such a way, the knowing starts being more and more liberating. It, it, uh, it's the, kind of like a way of freeing ourselves to greater and greater freedom. And um, so it's very basic. And... Uh, it's, uh, when practice is strong, when we're meditating is going well and concentrated and quite calm, then um, what's interesting is to notice what it's like to come out of meditation, get up for your seat and start walking. And um, if you're really calm and settled, there's probably very little uh, tendency to want to rush into the next thing. And then as you walk from your meditation seat, there might be a kind of a very relaxed, almost almost automatic, of, uh, kind of just knowing that you're walking. You're so present and in the walking that you just know that you're walking. The, um, there's a famous Zen story that's told sometimes of two Zen students who were teaching and uh, talking, and they were talking about their respective Zen masters, and uh, one of them said that... Um, my Zen master is my teacher is so great can um, can enter into the deepest states of concentration can f- walk on water fly through the air all kinds of miracles kind of things and the second one says well my teacher uh, when she walks she just walks when she eats she just eats when she talks, he just talks. <clears throat> and the first one said, "Oh, bow down deeply. Oh, you, your, your teacher is really advanced." So the idea that the simplicity of just being in the experience that we we have when, while we're doing it is such a pleasure. Certain times, and so when meditation is quite centered, settled, that's one of the times it's kind of 
really a pleasure that as you walk, know you're walking. Because you're inhabiting the walking. When you're standing, know you're standing. When you're sitting, know you're sitting. And when you're lying down, know you're lying down. And so this uh, second exercise of Satipatthana, it can also be seen as a way of continuing the meditation into our daily life. And so the first exercise kind of gets us settled, and the second one is an encouragement to stay present, um, stay in the knowing and the calm knowing into our daily life. So there's a continuity. And, and, and um, what can easily happen is that uh, our meditation ends, maybe we're somewhat calmer than we were before, but we get up in order to do things, take care of the next thing, make breakfast, um, go to work, you know, whatever it might be. And what's interesting is to watch how quickly we lose touch with the simplicity of when walking, just know you're walking. And instead, we're already ahead of ourselves into planning what's for breakfast and what we should put together and, and uh, you know, what kind of ingredients we're going to use and, and, uh, and then thinking about, well, where's my newspaper or my... De- my device, my my pad that I'm going to read from and read the news, and I wonder if I should, what podcast I should listen to while I'm having breakfast, and, and you know, on and on. It's, we're already in the flow and of all the different things ahead of ourselves, thinking ahead. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. However, it does involve a loss. It can be a loss of some kind of deep inner connection to the present moment and to oneself, it certainly has a. It can be a pleasure to do some of these other things, and I hope you do some of them with joy and delight. But um, if we do, if we keep losing ourselves to them throughout the day, we're lost. Many people lose are, are lost to themselves because of all the things they're doing and all the things they're thinking about and concerned with. So this simple instructions to. When standing, know you're standing. Walking, know you're walking. Um, is a uh, especially coming out of meditation, is a opportunity to both continue with the calm state you're in and experiment with how it is to live that way. And uh, and it's it's really cool the way that if we can get calm and settled and quiet that the knowing of what to do next, the knowing of how to do things, uh, can happen kind of organically, automatically. We don't have to be the agent. We don't have to be the one figuring it out and always. And this have this kind of arising of a certain knowing and arising of intention. Um, and then, and uh, from this place of calm, uh, tends to bring forth some of the best qualities of who we are. But also what happens is instructions just to pay attention as you leave meditation um, is um, to notice how quickly you lose your calm. And um, this became a real important turning point for me in my meditation when I noticed that how quickly I gave up my calm, my settledness, my clarity when I got up from meditation because I was on to the next thing. And, um, and that, so to then stop or slow down and notice what is that next thing? Where are you rushing off to? What are you getting caught in? What are the feelings? What are the beliefs? 
why are you sacrificing your calm, your clarity, your centeredness? Why are you why are you sacrificing it for these other things? Is it is it a worthy sacrifice? Is the cost benefit analysis in your favor that you rush off to look at the news um, while you're having breakfast? Is that the best use of your human life? What happens with this kind of deep sense of connectedness that can happen and a life that arises and flows out of that? So, uh, to know, to know simple things in the moment, so simple as your posture, and and enjoy that and also to do that in such a way that we start becoming more sensitive to how we what we're doing with our minds and our feelings and our life and so to seek more clearly how we rush off or get involved or get preoccupied and then ask the question is this worthwhile is this the best use of my time and if it is go ahead. Then you do it consciously. And if it's not, maybe there are better things to do. And I would suggest that for most of us, um, being calm, some modicum of calm, even when we're having fun, um, is uh, being playful. Some, Some degree of calm, having calm close by, just enhances everything, makes everything richer and fuller and more embodied. Uh, it's not a um, not the kind of calm that would limit you, but allows for a deeper wellspring of engagement with life. It's just a great thing. And uh, so, when you walk, know you're walking. When you're standing, know you're standing. When you're sitting, know you're sitting. And when you're lying down, know you're lying down. So uh, thank you. And uh, I'm here at IRC for a couple of more days uh, so that uh, we'll be with you here again. And uh, thank you for, um, for, for participating and I look forward to our time tomorrow.